Podcast. Third degree, the third degree net podcast. Third degree, the third degree net podcast. Third degree, the third degree net podcast. Third degree the podcast is brought to you by soccer90.com. The holiday season is upon us. Soccer90.com is the best place to get all your soccer gear. That FC Dallas gear, that North Texas soccer club gear, the European stuff, national team stuff, they've got everything. Soccer90.com, third degree listeners get 20% off with the code third degree at checkout, 3-R-D-D-E-G-R-E-E at checkout. Soccer90.com, some exclusions may apply. Well, hello there, FC Dallas Curious fan. Welcome to episode number 240-240 of Third Degree, the podcast. We're now kneecap deep into the off season. It is me, Peter, host of the kick around over on the ticket on Saturdays. Um, and uh, I am uh, hanging out talking all things burn with my buddies first. The man who I thought was just a Mm, he just got Declan Rice at the last second for a home win against the first place team. I'm sorry about that, Dan Crook. Howdy, Dan. Uh, yeah, it's all right. I only took uh, a $140 million player for a, a team that's top of the table to celebrate like they just won the World Cup against little old Luton. I know. That, that had to be very satisfying to see them freaking out over that win. No, it was fucking awful. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Devastated. No, sorry. I got your got the I was just trying to be positive about it, Dan. Uh, yeah, it's all right. We'll just uh, we'll bounce back against uh let me check. Oh, Man City. Sure. <laughs> Man City lost today to Villa. Come on. You're just as good at Villa, aren't you? <laughs> no, they destroyed us earlier in the season. Man, I love watching Luton. You guys all, it's such a hard-working group, and it's such a great place. I got to go to, God, I really want to go to a game there. Anyway, all right, sorry. We will move on. Uh, now time for our the host of our, and the reason why, really, any of you curious are actually here. It's not for Dan or me. It's for this guy, the original, your hero, my hero, everybody's hero, editor, founder of thirddegree.net, Buzz Carrick. Come in, Buzz. I, I, Peter, nice of you to say that, although I don't think that's 100% true. I, I also agree with Dan that uh, I thought Arsenal over-celebrated. They did. <laughs> You're supposed to act like you've been there, right? Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. I was very confused why Arsenal was having a conniption fit over winning a game at Luton like that. But yeah. they got uh, losing that game would have put a big, giant dent in their season, especially considering that City lost today. So they've got a big... Big lead on City as we lead into this Christmas season. So I mean, there was that stuff that they hadn't won there in like 46 years, but it's not like they're FC Dallas going to Seattle. It's right. <laughs> it's because they haven't played there in 46 years. <laughs> That's a, man, that yeah. just even trying to make that analogy is very, very funny. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. Um, okay, so as I said, we are knee deep into the off season. There are things to talk about. Not a ton. Uh, we were asked to discuss kind of our general recap of the Apple TV MLS season pass experience. So I think we'll do that here a little bit later on. Uh, first, I think the most pressing thing, Buzz, is to discuss the finalization of a long-rumored signing, Anise Sali, a 17-year-old Romanian kid who's approximately the size of a, your average 9-year-old Texan kid. Yeah, I would like to applaud FC Dallas for very quickly replacing Alan Velasco. Because that's, 
<laughs> with miniature yeah. Alan Velasco? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's not what happened. Look, this, this deal was reported by somebody back in September um, as being close to being done. It even had details of the price and the length of the contract. And you don't get that kind of report unless it actually is done. And they're just waiting for the window to happen. And that's effectively what has happened here. Um, the, the hysterical part from my end was that Goldie TV wrote an article saying that it was a done deal and then deleted the article. Uh, and But it was up long enough that it ended up in the Google feed uh, the next morning. So we, we all got to chuckle and have a little fun trying to suss out whether this was a real thing happening or not. And uh, sure enough, it is. So, you know, there are not a lot of details from the FC Dallas side, but um, the, the initial reporting was, a, I believe, a $3 million deal buy to get him and a four-year contract. Well, that lines up exactly with what is called the U-22 initiative. And what's important to understand about that is that's a mechanic that the league implemented that is designed to incentivize teams buying as an investment. You're buying a young player with the idea that you're going to play him and develop him and then eventually sell him on. The other player that falls into this category for FC Dallas is Giovanni Jesus, who uh, Giovanni, like you like to call him. Giovanni Jesus. Yeah. So uh, immediately in the press conference, Coach Nico Estevez tapped the brakes a little bit on like, this is a young kid, you know, be patient. Don't expect him to walk in. This is not the same as Alan Velasco, who was bought for eight or nine million or whatever it was. This is a player that's less than that, but it's still a player that you're paying money for because of what you think eventually you'll be able to sell him for. So it's a, I think it's a four year deal. Anyway, it's, it's a buy to sell. I don't remember the deals right in front of me. I'll look it up as you ask, you know, Dan, his opinion on this thing. Uh, word on the street is that he's a uh, a wingish player with some vertical ability. The, the the clips are all of him taking guys on with the ball at his feet. You're running at players, so not quite the false swing Velasco was. More, perhaps a little bit more like uh, Camungo of all people currently on the team. Maybe a little bit more like Paul, and that he wants to run at people with a little bit of verticality. So uh, we'll see how quickly he actually plays, fits in, gets minutes. This will be an interesting balance of Nico's aversion to playing young kids not named Alan Velasco and the Cubs' investment in a kid that they're going to want to see get on the field at some point eventually. I find there are a lot of aspects of this that I find interesting and uh, probably yeah. controversially frustrating. Uh, the video that you talk about, I think the club reposted, I thought was – Weird because it was just repeated clips of him beating guys one on one, but I don't think I ever saw him score a goal in the clip. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird clip. Um, he, you know, he's played a certain number of times for Romania. He, he's played most recently for Romania's U19 team. I think, um, you know, every single press release story article team spokesman over and over and over again mentioned that he was uh named by the, I believe it was the Guardian as one of the best players in the 2006 class. Well, 2006 kids are still in the academy around right. here. So, this is a young kid, you know, still in high school age player despite the fact that he's already been capped by his national team, you know, has been playing in Europe even though he's originally Canadian. He's Canadian and Romanian both. Um by the way, he does count as an international. Some people get confused by that. For MLS teams based in the United States, Canadians are foreign players unless they are a homegrown Canadian, which means like they came out of an academy and signed, which Liam Frazier is. So Liam Frazier confuses people because Liam Frazier is not an international, whereas this kid, even though he's Canadian, 
is an international in terms of roster status. So that's slight difference there in those two players. <laughs> Stupid MLS. I know the rules are just ridiculous, <laughs> but it does matter when you're a team already over the, the international's limit and the season hasn't even come around yet. So, uh, Yeah. All right, Dan, uh, this is where I want you to jump in because uh, I, I guess my question is, at some point, is it fair for a fan to be frustrated by the club making a big deal out of what appears to be an addition to the roster that is more about future business than actually making the actual team better? Um, I think that's a tough one. Uh, you know, look at Mauro Diaz. Did his transfer make a difference in 2013? Fabian Castillo, did his transfer make a difference? And 2011 no but 2016 both of them made a huge difference uh it's a 17 year old eyes on the future eyes on making a profit um i just think it's it's hard to i think the reaction would be much better towards this if this didn't happen right as we're waiting well whereas we're what uh two or three days away from MLS Cup after a pretty uh, disappointing end to the season. Um, you know, if it was January, early February, it's, you know, you've got that optimism building, you've got the the, the squad being worked on. Um, you know, on the face of it, it's a, a, an international for a European team. Young has played not top level European football, but uh, somebody who was valued enough to be recognized, like Buzz said, as one of the top 60 2006s by the Guardian, someone who spent a year in the, uh, in the Barcelona system, and, and someone who, given the recency of, of foreign players crying homesick, someone who's you know, Canadian spent more than half, her, well, half her life in in Canada and has lived in three different countries. That it is promising. It's not necessarily going to help come February, but it's it's a promising transfer that should have some end positive. Okay, and because I'm famous for being pessimistic about this stuff, and I always say I'm uh, I'm a uh, a callous because we've seen these things go nowhere before many, many times, not just with Dallas, but with a lot of MLS clubs is, is, is the thing that I always get suspect about. And you guys tell me I'm just being an old curmudgeon. If I am is the fact that if this is a kid who comes out of, you know, part of the Barcelona system and has been capped by his national team and the Haji Academy and all of these other really high level pedigree items that sound really, really good. How do he end up in Frisco? Why isn't he mm. at like a Portuguese club or a Spanish club or, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it, that's always the thing about the, these decisions that just make me put on the brakes for a second and go, well, how good is he? Well, when you see a deal like this, um, and I think, you know, being a U22 initiative, the, the design in that program is to take a risk and spend a little money on a guy and, out, and outspend uh, European clubs that may yeah. be interested. Is that essentially what's happening here? Yeah, I think so. I'll get around. I'm working my way around to that. I think okay. like, for example, if Fabian Castillo came into the league now, I think he would be this kind of guy where the club played 800,000 for him, but his salary was only like a hundred thousand dollars. You remember he was a young DP for one season because of that $800,000 buy that they 
paid. Well, times have moved on, so that kind of guy is now a little more expensive. So the bottom line is that somebody convinced FC Dallas that this kid was special. And whether it's somebody they recommended or a scout they have on the ground, I mean, it's not like, uh, it doesn't seem like likely to me, there's not as over there scouting Romanian leagues in person, right? <laughs> Some Somebody they know really recommended this guy and they really like what they have on tape because effectively what happened, you're right, Peter, is essentially they're just overpaying. They're taking a gamble and they're rolling the dice and they had the best offer on the table or perhaps potentially this kid who grew up in Canada was pretty interested in coming back to the United States or Canada and was tired of living in Romania. You know what I mean? Like I've never lived in Romania, but it doesn't strike me as totally out of line that a 17-year-old kid might be excited to come to the United States if he's from Canada. Right, that's not an unreasonable thing to assume. Sure. So, you know, it, it could be a confluence of that, but I think really in the end, that's all it is. It's like, you know, the difference between this guy and the kid they signed in the academy from Barca USA, who technically he was signed by North Texas. He's two years younger, but FC Dallas has already traded for his homegrown rights. That's the same investment, except that one of them is an American and one's not. One of them was slightly more expensive and a little bit older. So, you know, it's it's it was a mechanic that you had available that Dallas of late has been going after these 15, 16, or 17-year-old kids, not from their academy. They signed, North Texas signed a goalkeeper from, I think it was Gremio. The academy picked up a kid from Flamengo. Right? They've got these little feet. This is Zanata's thing, right? This is what he does, is he finds these little projects, these little guys, and he tries to whip them together Literally. and sells them on. Like That was his rep, right, was to buy him. Philippe, the goalkeeper, was yeah. one of these guys, remember? We thought he was going to make the Brazilian Olympic team, and he didn't because he got fat. So, you know, they don't all work, but that's what this is. This is a flyer. This is an attempt. This is why you don't expect him to walk in. This is not a DP. He doesn't have to hit. Yeah. It's a gamble. You know, at the same time, you're investing. So like Giovanni, they gave him playing time and they, and they leaned in favor of him over email because they want him to pay off. It'll be the same with this guy. This kid will get some little preferential treatment. For like if you play this position, you're in the like in the U19 Academy team, you're gonna look at this and go, Oh, no way I'm getting there now. They just got this kid instead. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they they're jumping the queue in terms of like maybe there wasn't something coming out of the academy. Remember, we're in this little gap that I talked about. So maybe this is a guy they saw as a bigger sort of talent in a way. But I mean, that's the way to think of him really, is like a high priced homegrown. I yeah. think as well, one thing to think about is MLS is it, it it's a shop window. Um, you know, you mentioned why didn't you go to Portugal? Unless you're playing for Sporting Lisbon, Benfica, or Porto, you may as well be playing Sunday League. No one's looking at you. Um, you know, MLS is, is attracting eyes, whether it's through, you know, the the TV deal it has, or whether it's just because you know you've seen uh, Almiron, you've seen guys, uh, you know, you've seen young players. Sorry, <laughs> Messi. Well, well, no, I'm talking about outgoing transfers. Oh, really. yeah, but yeah, um, you know, you've you've got Chris Richards playing uh getting another start today you've got your western mckinney's you've got people who've come out of of the systems in america that it is a you know high potential low cost um place like you know sweden was in the past portugal was in the 90s spain was in the early 2000s before they kind of got the national team going and this is kind of just the us and mexico is kind of getting its time where you know, you can get a decent caliber of 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 talent for not a lot of outlay, and so right. if, if that's his chance to get in the shop window for a a bigger opportunity down the line, that's more power to him. All right, I think that's fantastic perspective from both of you. 
So I'm going to ask you just kind of straight up on a scale of one to 10 for the, you know, for those who are listening to the pod, the curious that are relatively new to all of this, where's your excitement level on the scale of one to 10 about this kid in particular? Uh, In terms of 2024 roster impact, my excitement level is a two. In terms of like, this is the kind of signing that I love, a young, interesting player that can actually maybe turn into something, uh, I'm going to go more like a seven. So long-term seven, short-term, it's not going to matter, too. Uh, I'll just go with a straight six. It's, uh, you know, it's it's kind of middle of the road. It could go really well. It could just be nothing. Uh, it's hopefully not going to be as uh, spectacular a failure as Jesus Jimenez. Um, yeah, uh, that's, that's just really it. There's, I don't really understand if, People are getting too excited or or too distraught about what's ultimately going to be someone that counts as one hundred and fifty thousand dollars against FC Dallas's salary cap. Having, yeah. I'll say one thing: having watched Pablo Orangis, Mauro Diaz, even to a certain extent Alan Velasco, if this kid's mentally tough, is what I am going to care about over almost anything else. Like, and that's where Dan said, like these other, he's living in these other countries is a good sign. Like, I really hope that he can come in here and just be like, yeah, let's go. Versus like these guys that come in here and waffle and don't want to play and don't want to do this and don't want that and we'll go home. Oh man, I'm so with you on that. And I do think a lot of this, you're at least in, in from my perspective, it's a function of timing. Like if this had been an additional signing they made after some really nice DP decisions fair, and fair. some and actual replacements for the 24 season that are going to make this team better, I'd be super excited about this. But for this to be the first thing out of the box, it's like, well, this isn't helping us next year, guys. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I also am a bit frustrated with this team's weird obsession with tiny players i mean the kid is five foot four 125 pounds yeah yeah and and look i don't i don't like labeling mls as a quote-unquote physical league but it is a physical league and i i i you know whatever you you get my point yeah this is definitely not like remember last week we talked about this winner was okay do you have ambition or not while this guy's really interesting, this is not the ambition signing. This is not like we're going for it in 2024. This is a long-term investment. As you say, Peter, if this was after the moves to like make you better, we'd be like, sweet bonus. Yeah. But because it came first, it's like, this is really what you're doing? Because this is not really going to help you. In, I mean, if it helps in 2024, I'll be astounded that a 17-year-old is going to help you. You know, even if he is going to be 18 at some point, like for him to be that good would be remarkable. Even, even, uh, uh, Alan Velasco, when he showed up at 18, didn't like walk in and blow us all away. Well, the first shot did. But then after that, he was, we were like, is that all there is? Come on, we got to do more than that, right? So it kind of blew his wad on the very first yeah, game. <laughs> and he's worth six million more than this kid. So, you know, tap the brakes on like, and this is, you're 100% correct, Peter, that like if this was a bonus signing and, and maybe two months from now, it will, we'll be looking at it as a bonus signing. But for this to be the first, Move is like, oh, really? That's what you had lined up? Let's go. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, welcome to Frisco, Anise. Yep. Just stay away from the barbecue. Good news. He had a growth spurt. He's now either 5'5 five, five or 5'6. Five, Sweet. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> awesome.
He's well, catching up to Julian Einstein. All yeah. right, well, <laughs> and to be completely fair, somebody in your Discord made the very astute observation that the current reigning MLS MVP is five foot six. So, um, you know, maybe maybe yeah. there isn't. Something he might be to five three. That guy. Who Anise? No, the uh, Acosta. The MVP. Oh yeah, he yeah. tiny little, but he's also not one hundred and twenty five yeah. pounds. Just, yeah, <laughs> it, it is possible to be too small. Like you can be small and be bulldogging like David Ferreira was, or Messi, or like, like Messi is, or Acosta is. But you can be too small. I don't think five five is too small. Like this kid is, if he's got enough, you know, between the difference between seventeen and nineteen will be a lot of muscle and body mass, just turning into a, more of an adult. So over the next two years, we'll see. Maybe he'll toughen up and be, you know, more resilient and more spark pluggy. You know, again, we also want to reserve judgment until we actually see him in training and in games. But mm-hmm. you know, it's definitely FC short at work again. All right. The other thing that came out was that since we last talked, the all of the roster decisions have been made in terms of who's getting their option picked up, who was cut, who is remaining, and so uh, I'll just run through real quick picked up. Uh, we were all very grateful that Ilara was uh, picked up, Ian Frazier, uh, uh, Junka, Junka, uh, Endele. The big one that was kind of a surprise to me was Siki and Zebeling was uh, picked up. I didn't think we were doing that. I didn't either because, you know, you're talking about international spot. We don't feel real optimistic he's getting a green card. He'd gone down to where he basically wasn't playing after he had some of those gaffes in the middle of the season. And he didn't play very didn't, well this year either. It, it, you know, at times early, early on he did, but in the second half he really fell apart and he wasn't getting on the field. You know, he's already 26. You know, there's there was a little progression from season one to season two, but there's been really not much since then. I, I'm like you, Peter. I was really surprised that they picked him up. Uh, you know, Endley a little less so because at least he's still only in his second year, but... Um, yeah, I, I, I was caught off guard by Siki being saved. I don't, I don't understand that one uh, at some point. Hopefully coach will explain it to me, but, um, it's a mystery to me, Danny. I don't know what you feel about him. No, I'm, I'm, I'm a little confused. I mean, good for, I'm happy for him. Uh, just, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's a weird if he one. wasn't an international, I don't think we'd really care because he's a nice little low-budget, low-dollar salary uh, yeah. help bolster the roster guy that you can throw on late if you want to for some energy. But I mean, consider that the going price for an international spot is like, I don't know, 150 200 k in MLS funny money. That's a lot of extra money to pay to have CQ on your roster. So it's not just how much he costs in terms of his salary, which is pretty good. If you throw an extra 200K on there, now you're talking about a $500,000 player. Is that a $500,000 player? No. And the other thing to mention, I think, Dan, you brought this up somewhere in the Discord, was the conversation that maybe potentially he's out trying to get his green card, which would resolve this issue. But you feel like that's not anything that's happening very quickly. Um, so Zanotta did say in the press conference that three players are in the latter stages of getting a green card. Um, if you think about the, so the, the green card they're going for is the exceptional talent. The green one? The permanent resident <laughs> status that they're going for is the, uh, it's like exceptional talent for athletes. So you have to, that wasn't funny. It was hilarious. <laughs> Go ahead, Dan. I'm so, sorry. It was, so there's like, uh, I think it's seven categories. You have to kind of satisfy the number of them. So it's uh, exceptional achievements, um, you know, yeah, high income, um, proving, uh, it, you know, it comes down to even stuff like, um, 
how many uh, verified articles are written about you and stuff. I, I just don't see enough of the categories being met where you can rationalize someone like uh, like King Yon, um, someone who had won, for one, made 800 grand. So he was halfway to the the investment category on its on you know in general um who had played at you know decent clubs in south america had played for argentina a top tier nations uh under 17s had won the copa libertadores so had that kind of those big achievements kind of satisfies those sort of criteria and someone who for a, a good period of time was starting for fc dallas compare that to siki no major club honors uh played an under 20 game for south africa that's not a you know like what a tier four ish nation um making 80 or 150 grand whatever it was um just didn't you know just doesn't really satisfy anything that says oh yeah exceptional talent is doing a job that an american player can't do which is ultimately the purpose of it Hmm. Well, I it's weird to me. Uh, I don't get it, but you know, maybe they also. I was thinking maybe they saved him to trade him for something. But why would anybody trade for that? I don't know. I don't. Yeah. Get it. Yeah. In terms of decline, Colin Smith, uh, uh, Mr. Martinez was uh, shipped off back to Spain. Uh, Faku Quinon was on this list, which also is weird to me, only in the fact that they had mentioned that. I mean, I just think this all relates back to the mystery of the timing of him going to get his green card yeah. and the fact that he's acquired it right in the middle of them trying to make the playoffs and then play in the playoffs. He kind of evaporated from the squad. Uh, and then there's three other ones we'll talk about in a second. Anything in particular insight about Quinone that you or the other guys that were declined? Well, I thought there was a good chance that Facundo might have you know, they might've tried to negotiate to bring him back at a smaller number. And it's possible that they asked him about that. He basically was like F off, you know, I got my green card. Um, you know, as you say, him leaving when he did might've put a sour taste in their mouth, you know? I, so I, on play alone, I'm not surprised based on his number. I'm not surprised, you know, could you have, I, I think if Liam Frazier hadn't worked out, we might be having a different conversation, but Liam Frazier worked out in the sense that he played just as well as Facundo down the stretch and he's domestic, you know, and cheap and is mentally yeah, tough. Half the cost. Yeah, what more than way less yeah, than half the cost. That's true. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the other person I want to talk about in that group is actually Colin Smith because I thought Colin Smith had a phenomenal season at Birmingham. I really thought that they would keep him over Indole, especially because Colin Smith's an academy homegrown. You know, get that roster protection. Um, I have not seen. I, I'm not anti Indole, but I have not seen anywhere near the progression. I think Colin Smith's more ready. You remember that when. Colin Smith was called back here and actually started a game or two at right back. Whereas Endelay, we only saw him shift back there like when he had subbed in somewhere else and he would shift back there late in the game, maybe plays more of a wing back. You know, he, he does bring a little bit more versatility as a high wing, but Colin Smith played wing in the academy too. So I don't really understand that one. I kind of really thought Smith would get captain and they would not. The reason you kept one of them at all is because of Giovanni Jesus being out for half the year. Otherwise, I don't think they would have kept either one of them, but um, in the end, Endele gets the spot. Okay, I want to go through the three uh, last ones individually, and these are three people that are still, quote-unquote, being talked to. Their deals yeah. were declined, but the club is figuring out a better deal that maybe suits the club better. The first one's Korsha, uh, 
am I saying his last name right? We saw so little, man. I never remember. Yeah. Print, yeah. So close enough. Yeah. Uh, and this is the local kid that was playing somewhere in Eastern Europe. They brought back he, whatever, and never really did anything. I, it was always such a weird signing to me. It was like, we'll just take a blind shot at this and see if it goes anywhere. So I'm assuming they're just going to try to resign him on even less money. Well, I think that um, when they say talking to, I think, I mean, they've just at least made contact with their agent. Because um, all three of these guys were, in fact, declined. And I, I have an assumption about why each of them fall into this category. And with Corsa, I think it's just you actually need to add two center backs to this team. One of them needs to be big. And the other can be a little bit more of a project player. So I kind of feel like um, you actually might even need to add three, depending on where you think Nolan Norris plays. So I kind of feel like with him, they were just like, hey, you know, we kind of like you a little bit. We don't have much to offer. If we get to February and we still need a center back, we'll call you. I think kind of feel like that's what it is with him. It's sort of just giving him a heads up that, you know, like if you don't find another place, well, we might circle back to you in a couple months. You know, keep your options open. Keep your phone turned on. Kind of what I feel like with him. All right. And then Jimmy Maurer was also declined, which leads me to ask the question, does that mean um, that one of the kids – are likely to take it that second roster spot as a goalkeeper. Yeah, that means Antonio Carrera is ready to be number two. Really? Um, wow. Well, I think so. You know, because if if it's if it's just like, hey Jimmy, thanks, you're just a little too old, and we're gonna go get another journeyman keeper, that feels weird to me. Because like at that point, you would just say, hey Jimmy, just come back for a tiny bit less, and you'll be fine. You know, because so I think it's ready for being Antonio number two. I do think part of this probably is. And I, this is just conjecture on my part. I'm not reporting anything. Is that I think they're going to go after Eyestone. And so they needed a homegrown spot. They need that third spot for Eyestone, technically on the books. So you tell Maurer, hey, look, you know, we love you. We want you to coach. And by the way, he's out at MLS Next Fest working for the league or the team or whatever as part of their evaluation process of that tournament. I think he's actually working for the league, technically. So, you know, he's still around. Okay, Jimmy, we're going to go after the 18-year-old kid. If we don't get him, maybe we'll circle back and you can be our third guy if you can if you'll work on this kind of number. Maybe we'll make you an academy coach part-time. You know, sort of have that relationship going because he is a guy I think they would like to retain as mm -hmm. an academy coach, I think. Um, I hope he wants to be a coach. He went and got his coaching license, but that's maybe more about his kids than it is like he wants to be in the academy. Last time I asked him, he said he was thinking about it. So a guy you want to be involved in your organization and maybe just aren't sure how it's going to work yet. So that's kind of how I feel like where he is on the, we're still talking level. Okay. And, uh, well, Carre uh, Antonio, Carre are you thinking he is ready to be the number two or is that also yeah. a, 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 uh, is that also a salary? Hey, we can kind of cut a, a good chunk of dough. I think he's ready to be number two. Um, it is a, it's a, it's a chunk of some dough. But not significant but, enough to make a big deal. Yeah, because if you miss on, I mean, Jimmy's on what or was on? I don't remember. I don't have it in front of me. Hold on. Um, Jimmy was like on three hundred something, I think. You know, it it is a savings, but um, keep in mind if you miss on Eyestone, then you have to go get somebody anyway. You got to replace them because the the other options that they have that might be coming through in terms of academy or in North Texas are nowhere near ready to be playing an MLS game. But Eyestone would be three. Iston would be three, and he'll start every game for North Texas if he right. signs here. Right. And then Carrera will be number two. The the number two, because Paz is not infallible in terms of a red card 
or an extra <laughs> yellow card, or right. he's not infallible in terms of 100% injury. There have been a game or two that Maurer had to play. So whoever is number two has to be ready to play. And I think Antonio's ready to play. I, someone, uh, I saw a clip reel of him against, I think it was Brazil from the U20. He just went to the uh, Pan Am games. Right, yeah. Oh my God, dude. He was ridiculous. And there was lots of talk about people, well, a couple of games they played, they're like, they should have lost 4 nothing if it hadn't been for Carrera. Wow. So uh, I think Drew Keyshawn is one of the best goalkeeper coaches in the league. And so if he thinks Antonio's ready to be number two, you know, and, and the way we'll know for sure is by their action at this position. If we only see them go after Eyestone, then you'll know he's the two. If you see them bringing in a USL guy or something like that, then you'll know, oh, maybe it's not quite time for Antonio to be two. At that point, you might look for maybe Antonio to go to like maybe a USL championship team on loan, you know, to make that step up from North Texas because he's about done all he can in North Texas, Antonio has. Playing there is not going to – I mean, it's better than nothing, but you want to try and push him a little bit. So – I think it's probably likely that he's ready to be number two. All right. The last one is Hader O'Brien. He, his deal was declined, but still qualifies as one of the three that is, quote, being talked to. Buzz? Yeah. This one's weird. Um, I don't I don't understand this one. Um, maybe he's close to getting a green card, and they're like, if you get the green card, then we can talk about it. Maybe they're hedging their bets, like if they're gonna if they're going to trade somebody else. And, and, and then come, maybe we'll need a wing and then you want to come back to him possibly. Uh, I'm not really sure why, because we had this whole conversation about Ansa, right? Like we thought, I thought that O'Brien was going to be making way because he and Ansa in roster terms are the same player, you know? So why they still having open discussions with him confuses me unless he's not going to be international, unless maybe they're going to move a wing. It's the only thing I can think of. Like maybe you want to bring him back in if, you know, I, mean, I don't know. Remember LA called about Paul or remember like maybe Dante Sealy has some value. Who's a young, previously highly regarded player. No, he doesn't. You know, maybe, maybe they maybe Bernie's going to be sold for $5 million. Shit. Now we need a wing. Hey, Oberon, you know, I'm just, I'm just saying like, there might be some insurance thinking there perhaps with, uh, Obreon, Cause, um, I'm not really sure why you would, uh, do this with him unless you think, the only thing I can think of is that maybe like by by tabling like an offer, what they call a bona fide offer. Now, like if he goes through the the reentry drafts and nobody picks him or whatever, nobody can like grab him for free. Like they're gonna have to come to you and then trade for his rights or some kind of stupid MLS mechanics yeah. that somebody else might want him. That's all I can think of. Yeah, I was gonna ask related to any of these players, uh, Quinone and Obreon in particular. Maybe Martinez is another one, although I don't know why anybody in the league would pick him up. It, do, does the team retain any sort of rights, if any? Because none of these guys qualify for free agency, do they? I don't believe so. You know, this is where you get into a level of MLS minutia. It can be ridiculous. <laughs> um, you know, and it has to do with you know, what they call a bona fide offer doesn't necessarily mean what he was on before. It just means it has to be legitimate. So they might have said, hey, O'Brien, here's a hundred grand. You know, that's real. You know, like it's just it, bona fide just means real. So, you know, you don't necessarily have to say he doesn't have to take it. But like by offering him a deal like the MLS, FC Dallas would keep his MLS rights, even if he's not picked up because the way it works is the re-entry draft because they decline his option. So my understanding is he'll be in their entry draft. The first version of it is you have to pick up his number at where it was. 
um, with like a bonus, like a kicker, like a 10% kicker. The second one, you had to pick up his offer where it was before his number, where it was before his option. So what that was like 450,500, right? Well, people probably don't want that. If, if you're interested in Oberon, you probably would have let him go through that and then grab him for cheap. Well, by making some kind of offer, AKA negotiating or talking to him, then Dallas retains those. If I understand the rules correctly, and believe me, they're so freaking chaotic that I could be having them wrong. But to the best of my knowledge, by making some kind of offer to him, Dallas would retain his MLS rights. And if somebody wanted him, they would then have to give Dallas something. Now they wouldn't get much because they don't, Dallas doesn't want him. They didn't pick up his option. So it would right. just be like a small thing, but it would be something, you know, and this is where you get into the really stupid area of like MLS trying to prevent free agency and all that kind of stuff. It's really dumb. Um, and it's not going to mean that much of a thing. So other than it confuses the shit out of people. All right. Well, there's all the players. That's the situation. Anything else about the roster stuff, uh, about at least the cuts that we need to get into before we move on to the, the neat stuff? No, that was really it. It's just that, like, don't read too much into this talking stuff. You remember Matt Hedges um, when last year? Was that last year? When they let him, his, his option expire, basically, like, they were lowballing him, and he was like, forget it. I want multiple years and a million dollars. So, like talking to was just like, Hey agent, you have our phone number. Here's what we got. If you want it. So it means very little in terms of actual realization of like, could that guy be back or not? You know, it doesn't hardly mean anything. Okay. All right. So the other thing that took place was that Nico and Zanata held a press conference via zoom that everybody got invited to. And, uh, to my great delight, Buzz got to ask questions and capture the answers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we've got a couple of them here. So Buzz bravely uh, dove into the idea of, uh, I get. so how did you frame the question? Because the way that you have it edited, I didn't hear your actual question. Yeah. How, well, how did you frame the question about Velasco related to putting him on IR for the season? I said, uh, any concerns that Alan went home to have his surgery and then went on television and told everybody that he asked to be loaned back to his club Independiente. And have you considered using a season ending specifically? I said, since you're not going to have him for like 95% of the season, have you considered using the injury reserve spot and putting him out for the year? So that's what I asked. And here's the, here's what he said. You ready? Yeah. Uh, I must, yeah, no, no concerns about this. This, this actually is something that that, that happened, and uh, and but was not was not like I think Alan the way he he said was just uh, to and just I don't know just a, a little bit more uh, that he's there and and he's closer to the guys, but obviously uh, when at, at some point his agent contacted me last season and, and earlier this season saying. Independiente was struggling and, and they, but was more and not in a, no, like a serious way, at least what I, what I understood when I recall from, from my conversation with him was just like Independiente wanted Alan back on loan just to help to save the season that they were having. But, but honestly, it was not something that I could, it was a phone call that lasted three minutes, maybe. Uh, so I never spoke with Alan about this. Uh, after that was just the conversation, me and his agent and, and was more in a in a, we 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 joked about it that obviously we we would never let Alan go back there uh, on loan uh, on on a situation we are not we're not willing to to let Alan go. 
And, uh, and, and I'm not sure about what you said about 95% uh, of missing last, next season. Uh, we really believe, we really believe he has, uh, he's, he's progressing really well so far, obviously very early after his injury, uh, after his surgery. And, uh, we've seen players coming back sooner than expected. And, and, uh, we're hoping Alan can, can help us, um, in, in at least a good part of the season. So. Uh, for now, our idea is not to, uh, we still have time to make that decision, but um, our idea is not to place Allen in, in the season-ending in injury list. And uh, because we, we we firmly believe, and obviously every every month, every week, we, we're getting information, we're knowing how, how he's progressing, and uh, we'll know more closer to the beginning of the season where we are with him. But the idea is not to place him, and, and the idea is to have him playing with us. Uh, later in the season, obviously, we 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 hope that the earlier uh, possible. Obviously, I could have tightened that up some. So <laughs> the the thing about he's like I don't know where you got the ninety five percent. Well, coach, or sorry, Andre, experience because this injury is nine to twelve months out. But let's say it's nine. That's through July. That means he can return to training in August, and your season goes August September, and then it's over. So it's like. How how many guys walk onto the field effective after a blown ACL when like the minute they're cleared? They don't. They take months to get back to their full form, sometimes even a whole year to get back to their full form. So technically, yes, it won't be 95%. But like what value will he have past that? And in terms of roster building and the way this league works, if you have a DP that sucks or that is not doing anything, aka Paul Ariel last year, team's not very good. So that's why I brought it up. And obviously he very clearly blew off the whole idea that, you know, they didn't give a crap about the wanted to be loan back thing, which I think is a sign of a greater problem with this kid. And B, they're willing to basically blow a DP for the year because they're not, you know, maybe we'll get him back for like a month at the end of the season when he'll be terrible. So that's, you know, what basically all that said. Well, I should have cut it down more. Well, no, I think one, I think it's interesting to hear him kind of scramble because he clearly wasn't prepared to answer this question. And I, right. at least the question <laughs> about the IR part, because maybe they, they're not aware that you had made this recommendation. I have to assume that they, I, I'm shocked that he wasn't prepared to answer the question about Alan making this public statement down in Argentina about going back to Argentina, because I thought that was incredibly embarrassing for the club to see your player doing that. Um, and for him to kind of like, I mean, that was a very answer. It was a very easy question to answer if you were prepared for it. Yeah, we saw it. We don't think there's anything to it. It was the three minute phone call. It, 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 it it's much to do about nothing. That's literally how quick they could have answered that question and be done yeah. with it. But when he kind of like dances around it, it's like, well, okay, are you sure? <laughs> you're sure you're not upset about that? That sounds a little weird to me. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm actually surprised that they didn't make him, you know, do some kind of public statement saying that, like, I'm all about SC Dallas, you know, that they just kind of let it go. And I'm like, he's down there partying with all his buddies. Like, every day is a new photo with him and his buddies that play for Independiente out having a good time. Yeah, you know. I think the thing that I'm concerned about is the idea. I'm not concerned that uh, Alan decided to have his knee surgery uh, in Argentina because I get it. He probably has a doctor that he trusts, and that's that's a big part of this. But for Zanata to go on and on about how they're getting like daily and weekly updates on Alan's progress from who exactly? Alan? 
<laughs> Alan's mom is. Do they have their own person down in Argentina seeing that? Because here's what I imagine is going to happen: they're going to get all this information over the course of however long it is before Alan comes back to Texas, and they're not going to really know what they're getting back in the form of Alan Velasco until he gets off a plane and steps out on the field or goes to the training room and kind of shows off what kind of progress he's made. Well, I certainly hope that they're working with some kind of physical therapy group, rehab group, whatever down there that they've hired that's reporting directly to them. You know, even though it's Alan's decision where he goes at the same time, it's like, you know, we need direct feedback, but you're right. It does make me wonder. Um, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm blowing this up out of nothing, but maybe it bothers me. And, um, I think that in, in this league, you cannot afford to have a DP bring you zero value. And they're going to have a DB bring you zero value. And I think that's a problem. I don't, I don't know. Maybe, Dan, am I losing my mind? Am I, am I crazy here? No, no, definitely not losing your mind there. And um, one thing, you know, Pete, you mentioned um, being prepared for, for the question uh, for Zanata. Um, honestly, if there wasn't a signing the same day, there probably would have been maybe one or two people on that call. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I don't understand what you mean. <laughs> um, I mean, I've had countless numbers of those Zoom calls where I'm the only person or one of like two or three. How many people were on this one? Maybe 10. Uh, including staff, 10, yeah. Oh, yeah, fair. Oh, I mean, Tom okay. Bogart was on there. Yeah. A couple of the Spanish guys were on there. Me. Um, Me. Yeah, Dan was there. Third degree. Uh, yeah, third degree was a rep, showing out. Rapping. Yeah, some other local uh, English speakers were on there. Um, you know, well, I guess my my, I guess the thing about the injury deal, which is, I hope they have somebody under their employment watching this, because what I'm hearing is, is they're essentially making a decision to just use a DP as is, on the hope that he, when he gets back from Argentina all signs are good and that he's made significant process progress based on somebody's word that he's doing really well. And I don't know who that person is. I don't know how that works. I don't either, you know, and people heal at different rates. You know, uh, I don't exactly think of Alan Velasco as like the greatest ass busting rehabber of all time. You know, I don't have him in that conversation in my head, you know, based on what I've witnessed. You know, he's not a rapidly like, gets back faster than you like guy. So I know they say that when they like the progress and all that stuff, but you know, that's, that's putting a pretty optimistic spin on it, you know, and, and you get a lot of money in this kid and I'm sure they're more worried about the long term. but it's like, don't forget that you have a season to play. You know, you're going to, you got to have a, a, a million dollar contract in a, in a gigantic DP slot going to nothing. Well, this will all also relate back to the other news we got about the league, which is the fourth DP thing that we can talk about here in a little bit. Uh, the other question you asked was about Jesus Jimenez and the buyout. How did yeah. you, again, you, why don't you set that up? Okay, so I asked him, um, have you considered using uh, your buyout mechanic on Jesus Jimenez? And here's what he said. This is something we'll discuss. Jesus has one more year guaranteed year contract with us. Um, we use this year, uh, this year, yes, on 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 the on Franco Hara, and uh, and and not Jesus Jimenez or any other player. If we feel we need to use the buyout option for any player, that's part of the league rules, and that's something we can do. Uh, so 
and there's there no nothing right now under conversation that we would uh, make that for any player. Uh, but if it, it it's a possibility that it can happen, uh, that the league allows us, and uh, if we feel we need to buy out any player to open space to bring someone that we feel is going to improve the roster, we'll do it. So the one thing I'll point out about that is you hear how quiet that one was compared to the first one? Yes. Yeah, by this time he was sitting back. I don't think he was loving my questions. So um, the answer to that is basically a non-answer. He basically said, we'll discuss it and we could use it. You know, we can use next year's. We use this year's on Frank O'Hara. So it's in the stable of options. It's in the cards. They weren't going to commit on it. If they don't do it, they're being absolutely asinine and stupid. They have to do this. So... You know, we'll they see were what so happens. unprepared for this. Yeah, because that the answer to that question, if is just he could have just said no. Yeah, but he prattled on and talked in a circle for a full sixty seconds, essentially saying the same thing three times, which yeah. just makes it sound super <laughs> suspect. Yeah, well, we could, he said, if we wanted to. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you could if you wanted to. That's not what I'm looking for. But okay, thanks, Andre. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean. I, I get it. They don't want to say that, you know, they don't want to say that without talking to him first. They won't want to say that until we actually get to next year when they could theoretically use it. I don't know why you need to hesitate. I think you just say, yeah, we're going to do that. We just have to negotiate with him, mm. you know, because in the, the end, you don't even have to negotiate. You just tell him you're doing it and you pay the man his money and he leaves. Because that's the thing is you got to pay him. It's like you got to pay out that contract. So and I will remind everybody, and this is why it's important. It's not just that, like, again, this is a it's a DP level contract. The difference is that last year, uh, Toronto paid his cap hit, so you got him for basically free on your cap. This year, you will not be. If you want to keep him on your roster, it's it's a DP. So you now have four million dollar DP players before they've even passed the fourth DP role. So that's why you cannot do this. You cannot keep him. You have to buy him out. Because you can't have both him and Alan Velasco on your roster doing nothing as DPs. That'll be two of your four, or it'll be two of your three. At least one of them's doing nothing because yeah. he's injured. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I mean, listen, I'm not anti-Alan Velasco. I'm just I'm just being ruthless and deal with it when he comes back. You know, just put him on IR. He'll live. He's not going to help you that much for a month. You know, as thing. You know, the the unfortunate side of this is. You know, even if he agrees with you, he can't really say anything. You know, you, yeah, you, you can't give the game away that early. It would be incredibly shitty to say, yeah, he was he was absolutely terrible. We're just going to dump him. Um, you know, players aren't going to come to a team where the technical director says something like that because that, that would get out. That would be the one thing that suddenly FC Dallas hits the headlines for. Yeah, but again, he could have just said no. <laughs> he could have. He could have. I mean, you know, I don't know. He does talk in circles. It is his second language. He has probably been burned in Brazil for, you know, for, for things he has and hasn't said before. I, I don't Look, necessarily the, know the full picture of it. The, the only person on the entire planet that is going to be pissed off if he gets bought out is Jesus Jimenez, and I'm not even sure he's going to be upset about it. Oh, he's going to so, get his money. He don't care. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so, so if you could say no, that's not our plan at this moment, and then change your mind and go the opposite direction, nobody's going to give a nobody's going to care. And yeah. at, at the end of the day, this is look the number of people that heard all of this. You could probably count on you know a couple of hands. It's not that big a deal. I'm just saying when it comes to doing these types of things, I. I 
this isn't his this isn't the club's strength in having a a strategy and an action as to how they're going to deal with the media when they get asked these questions about their roster. They seem to do it by the seat of their pants, which I think tends to come back and bite them in the, in the butt more times than not. Yeah. So. Let me be clear. I'm not surprised that I got non-answers, but they shouldn't have been surprised that I asked such questions. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to waste my one or two questions on things like how are you going to use the fourth DP when the fourth DP hasn't been passed yet? I'm going to ask it about how the actual concrete things that are worrying me, you know, hoping they're actually going to say something, knowing that they're more than likely not going to. You know, the only real answer they gave out of that was that they think that Alan Blasco, you know, wanting to be loaned back was a nonsensical, no big deal kind of joke more than anything. But that was a fair answer. And I'm, I'm actually glad they said that. You know, it doesn't change the fact that I'm concerned about the injury. You know, and it doesn't change the fact that I'm concerned about him in sitting the cap, even though I got a non answer on that. I, I am actually happy that the answer was non answer rather than a flat out no. Because the flat out no is either a lie or it's like, you idiots are going to keep him. One of the two. <laughs> right. Well, I, I, okay. So just to kind of do all of this in summation, and I'm going to take it from the position of being one of the curious listening to the podcast, which is this uh, the question of just based on where we're at at this moment in time with the club, uh, what do you? what is your sense of the vibe about this club's plan going into 24? Well, the, the macro level... Um, answers that, you know, from the, from that zoom, a couple of things, vibe answers that they gave to some of the more generic questions are related to some topics that I've had discussions with coach Nico over the course of the last part of the year and Andre both too. It's like they, there's a recognition that when the injuries went South, they didn't have enough bodies, you know, that, and, and they mentioned maybe five or six times in this press conference, they mentioned the um, uh, what was the word they use? The, basically, the schedule overload that happened this year because of the League's Cup coming in. You now have regular season play. You have Open Cup play. You, have, you now have League's Cup play. You know, so there's there's this load of games that didn't exist before, and that they miscalculated in terms of how much roster that would take, and that there's going to be an adaptation on the part of the club to deal with that. Um, and like, like the first press conference where we had the, it's a process. And then we had the next year, it was mentality. Well, this press conference, it was all about that adjustment to the roster. So, um, I think on the macro level, you're going to see a few less kids on the bottom of the roster and more veterans that could actually hold up like a Liam Frazier kind of guy, Sam Junka kind of guys. And I think you'll see potentially see them actually use the 18th and 20th, sorry, uh, rosters 18th through 20th, the 19th and 20th roster spots that they haven't filled in years. Even way back under Lucci, they weren't filling those spots. FC Dallas wasn't. So I think they're going to, you'll see them try and use those spots this time. And maybe we might not see a lot of homegrowns come in like from the, from the Academy. We might see a more of an emphasis on a college pick that could work out or maybe in a homegrown that's older, like less projects and more like guys that can actually help. So that's the big takeaway from all of this. I did not get a particular sense of, you know, we got a bunch of stuff lined up to make this team a lot better. You know, they, they're they talking about maybe one player coming in of a good value, and I sure as hell hope they don't mean Solly because that gets 17. <laughs> I hope that wasn't what they meant. Hopefully they mean like a DP. So we'll, we'll see. There's still – a big wait and see this winter. Like, you know, are, are, how ambitious are you? Let's go. You know, already they're at nine internationals. So something has to give. He did say, as Dan said, I thought he, I couldn't tell if he said three or a few. Either way, some green cards might help. 
But if you look at the roster construction thing I did, there's only like one or two spots available, right? You need a center back, you need a backup center back, and that's really it. There's not really room for anything else unless you jettison some people. And that's when we're going to find out. Do you buy out Jimenez? Do you go get another player? What kind of player will that be? That's the big question, Mark. That's what we're waiting for. Because they've already said basically they're not going to do the ambition of putting Velasco on the IR. So we're left with buy out Jimenez and get a guy to replace him of value. So that's where we're at. The other just quick thing, which is a visual that won't make a ton of sense uh, in an audio medium, was the Zoom video that you posted. I hope I, maybe you should post it. Uh, I did. On, oh, well, did you post it on your Twitter account? I posted it on YouTube. I posted it on my Twitter account. I posted okay. it in the Patreon. All right. Well, so yeah. everybody should go watch this because on the Jimenez question, at the very beginning of the video, the look on Nico's face. That is, was the Allen question. Oh, was that the Allen question? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought it was the Jimenez question. No, no. No, it's 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 priceless. And it gets yeah. it's so funny because it's like you can you, you can totally read on his face that he's not excited about this. Yeah. yeah. And he's trying to freeze frame a, a, a good happy, you know, <laughs> trying to put a good face on it, uh, that the camera actually moves away from him and cuts him off the frame. <laughs> it's great. I love yeah, it. yeah. Good stuff. All right. Well, there we are updated on roster stuff. Now, one of the questions that came up in the Discord that I mentioned earlier that I thought we could spend at least a couple of minutes on before we end the podcast is somebody asked us in the Discord to kind of give our general review on MLS season pass uh, debriefing uh, after its uh, debut season. And I thought we'd kind of talk through that. And I, sure. I don't know how to do this. I don't, you know, Dan, do you have any kind of overview or thoughts about the product or the service that you'd like to put out there? It, it did its job. I think early in the season, they really expected too much from the clubs individually to produce additional content for the platform. Um, yeah, that's, that's really yeah. If you had to give it a letter grade overall, what would you give it? B. Okay. I don't mean to keep banging on you. Do you think it was priced correctly? Based on what you know by the end of the season, now that you've had an entire season of it, is the hundred bucks or the sixty-nine bucks or whatever for somebody who actually had to pay for it, not through season ticket? Do you think that's a fair price or correct price? Based on the price of, you know, other leagues and things that I've had to pay, whether it's MLS or the football league, yeah, totally fair. Okay, Buzz, you work in the industry. What are your thoughts yeah. about the whole thing? Well, I think the camera quality is really, really good. Way better than what we've had before, even here. Um, I think the graphics package is phenomenal. The misinformation or incorrect information is way, way, way too high. What do you mean by that? Well, um, whether it be a, a difference between the lineup they show, between the pregame show and the actual game broadcast, where one graphic is done, from a studio show with like Weeby and those guys and another graphic is done like by out of the truck. Sometimes there's a difference in those two graphics. The accuracy in that graphic being correct for what they're going to play and the players in the right position was not, was about only about 80%. Um, things like showing a warm-up shot of um, Bernard Camungo and having it say Nikosa Tafari on the graphic and they're talking about Nikosa Tafari and it's a shot of Bernard Camungo. Um, that specific one, I, I messaged Weeby and he messaged me back and he was 
tearing his hair out. He couldn't believe it. He was so angry. But you messaged who? Weeby. Oh, Weeby. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not. It happens. You know, that there's a disconnect there. When you hire people that don't know the game, they don't know the team, they don't know the team they're covering. You know, I get that if you're doing a broader league perspective, there might be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of players, but your local guys should be able to give you the guy you asked for. I mean, the dude's literally wearing a jersey with a number on it. It's not that hard, mm-hmm. let alone if you just know what the guys look like, you know, but you can read the number if nothing else. So that kind of thing bothers me. The thing, you know, there's not, there's a level of, not good enough in that that would be intolerable at other large major NFL, for example, or NBA product. You know, um, there's um, too many times the talent on the game would be a former guy who did the team that you're playing. You know, sometimes it's, it's, you know, um, sometimes it's Mark who's doing the Mavericks and and then also doing FC Dallas when he can. So he knows FC Dallas and Mark's a pro. And so he does his very best with the other team. But other guys aren't as balanced as Mark and professional as Mark. So you would get these games where the other the two talents know almost nothing about FC Dallas. And they spend the whole game talking about the other team. And you're like, boys, Dallas is winning 3-1. You know, and they're still talking about the other team. You know, they don't know what to say about the other team. Um, or they'll talk about a player that's – the player does this or that and the other. And you're like, no, he doesn't. Who did you talk to? You know. So they have some talent problems they need to iron out. But generally speaking, I think it's overall really excellent products. So my complaints are real, but I think overall, I think it's significantly better than what we had before. I think it's great that you can find the games very easily. I think, you know, if you have the package, I think it's great that they have a structure of when the games are on. So, you know, when the games are on all the time. I don't buy this like, oh, that means our game has to start at a funny time locally. I don't care. National broadcast, man. I love the fact that like the NFL, you know the game's here at noon and three, you know, and then the night game at 730. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, you know those structures. I do think that they could benefit from a afternoon game so that you had this, you know, on on the on that um, Saturday. So you had more of a like, for those of us that want to have soccer all day, that we come off of the Euro games, there's a gap. You know, like I want to jump right to MLS or whatever, but that might benefit a little bit. But other than that, I think I'm I'm 95% good on the whole thing. I think it's pretty solid product for the most part, especially for season one. Your letter grade? Um, B plus. Okay. And do you think the pricing was correct? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm a guy that got it for free because I have season tickets, so I'm not... You know, it's hard for me to really qualify. Would you have paid? For, well, I guess that's not. I can't ask you that question because obviously you would have paid for it if you had to. Yeah, I would have for because I do what I do. But I would right. have gotten one from probably as a media person anyway, even if I hadn't had one already from a season ticket. So yeah, you know, I think it's a fantastic value if you're a season ticket holder getting that for you know as a free add-on. Uh, I hope they keep that going because that's really nice. Yeah. It'd be hard to take that away you know, after they've given it to you. You know, otherwise, you know, if, even if I didn't have a season ticket, I would have bought it. So, you know, but I'm an MLS glutton. So it's hard for me to really, you know, <laughs> say what the average fan might think about it, you know. Interesting. I, you know, uh, I just think uh, from my point of view, my, my thoughts about it are more uh, holistic in terms of its impact on the league uh, nationally. 
Like I do, you know, I heard a lot of people saying that they felt like the league evaporated from kind of the national uh, uh, scene this year and because it was all hidden in this sandbox of Apple TV. And I think there's something to that because I do think what happens when you sandbox your league on a streaming service, not that ESPN was ever really paying that much attention to you in the first place or any national sports media outlet. It just gives them even a bigger reason not to pay attention to you. And I think that was taken advantage of to a high degree uh, this year. And, and, and I don't know what that means for the league. I don't know if the, I, I still haven't put my finger on if, if sandboxing the league behind a paywall like that is a feature or a bug of this entire thing. I still haven't figured that yeah. out. Because when Messi joined the league, well, lo and behold, everybody decided they wanted to sign up for a few months and watch the thing, and it worked, right? So I think it is a function of if the product's really good, it's kind of like selling season tickets. It, it It's almost like the concept of them putting the stadium up in Frisco and not downtown and this idea that Frisco's too far away for anybody to go to until the product's really good or there's something going <laughs> on in Frisco, then everybody wants to get up there, right? Yeah. And I, that's how that's kind of my point of view about this in particular. In terms of the actual product this year, I agree with you on the uh, resolution quality was fantastic. Uh, I the All of the little bits and pieces, the thing that drove me nuts more than anything else, Buzz and Dan, was the studio stuff. I was really yeah. disappointed in the quality of the studio stuff. I, I felt like everybody involved in the from the talent point of view, very clearly, and again, I come from a background of talent management and, and, and producing talent, and the vibe I constantly got every time I turned that thing on is that everybody involved was far more concerned about how they looked on TV than making sure that mm -hmm. they sounded like they knew what they were talking about. Yeah, I know what you mean. And actually servicing the people watching it. Uh, and I, that really drove me nuts repeatedly. Like I stopped watching all that stuff because it just became so distracting, uh, you know, and, and not actually good. I didn't find it good information. That was the problem. And yeah, it, it, yeah. it felt more like a fashion show or, Hey, look at us kind of thing than anything that was entertaining, like the NF, any of the NFL products or NBA shows or any other sport that's going on. And maybe that's just the byproduct of first year growth. They'll figure that part out. It'll get better. I think it's to, to the balance of – I know what you mean about the national picture. The balance with that is the current death of the regional sports network that we're seeing. Yes. Dallas couldn't get one of those deals in the first place, so they were only getting on local TV with a very small reach. Greater penetration in the market, but a very small reach outside of that. Um, to the idea that like now Dallas's games are going to the whole country all the time versus they were only going to the local market all the time. So for a local club like Dallas – were they actually going to get money from this when they really were never getting any money before? They were almost always doing buys. It's it's astronomically better for a couple of like well like Dallas, for the league. It's you know you traded maybe a, a, some national exposure for worldwide exposure because you know Messi, perfect timing of that thing and being able to sell this thing now around the whole gigantic worldwide. I, I would love to see numbers of like what they made up internationally compared to what they made up domestically. I'd love to see those numbers. Um, you know, I, I do think that keeping a game now and then on Fox was really, really important, and they really need to keep doing that. You know, the more they can, the better, in fact. But, um, you know, overall, it's like it's going to take a couple years to shake out in terms of those macro-level ideas. 
you know, before we really know whether what the impact is. You know? Yeah. And I'm also interested in seeing how this thing progresses as they build out their infrastructure, because what, what I what most yes. people probably don't remember or ever knew in the first place is that part of this Apple deal is that MLS was supposed to build their entire own broadcasting pro, uh, uh tech stack facility. and yeah. facility and everything. And because yeah. the deal got done so late before the season, they had to go out and hire somebody to do all of that for them. So I'm assuming they're still in the process of building out their facility and getting all the equipment and hiring all the people. And I'm assuming everything will get better as they get all that done. But I'm, I'm, I'd be shocked if it's done in time for the 24 season. Yeah. The, the, I would almost guarantee you that it won't be next season. There's, as far as I understand, they're still working on all that. So what they're doing right now, what they'll probably continue to do, is that the games are produced on site out of a truck. Producer, director, graphics are added. Talent sometimes is on site, but often is not. Often they'll be you know, in a different location than the actual game is happening, and they're just adding in talent. But I don't know the percentage of that, and I don't know how often it is. I can usually tell when they're not if I pay really close attention. So I know it's not 100%. But I imagine that next season we'll see the same basic progress, and I would bet you for 2025 they'll actually have that facility ready, and then you'll see a change. You know, you'll see a change in that in that pre and halftime. You'll see a change in what it looks like from site. They'll just be sending camera feeds back. Um, I know they've done that some because I've been on site when they've been sending camera feeds back only and not producing a game. Mm. But most of the time it's still produced almost always locally with crew and stuff in a truck. Yeah. One of the things that you mentioned, Buzz, that I was really the big surprise uh, out of all of what came out of this. What I did not have on my bingo card was people complaining about the games all being played at the same time. Right. Because I have been told for the last several years that what the youngs want in the world is to be able to watch whatever they want to watch when they want to watch it. And so the fact that your team may be playing at the same time that another big game is going on is not a big deal because you could just watch it on demand on your phone or in your iPad or under the covers or while you're sitting on the toilet, whatever you want. I thought that was the whole point of this. And so I was really shocked at the amount of complaining that I continued to see all season of people fussing about the fact that games were all at the same time. I just never could figure that one out. Yeah, that's something I've actually complained about the other way for years since like the beginning of the league. I've always told them, man, your games are always at different times. And then the team would always be like, oh, no, they're always at the same time. I was like, no, dude, the NFL is always at the same time. Noon, right. three, night game. You know when it is, period. The Cowboys may vary in that, but there's a game on at those times. And that's not like that in MLS. In MLS, it'd be all over the place. Everybody starts local on their on whatever time that they want to have their game start local. So the, the games were all over the place in terms of when they would be on. And even FC Dallas, it'd be like, you got the noon Sunday game, you got the two Sunday game, then there's a Saturday at four, then there's a seven, then there's an 8.30. And it's like, dude, you're all over the place. Nobody knows when your games are on. You know, it's it's... It's ridiculous. Well, the other thing that I wanted to mention because I was it was the one feature element I was most suspect of actually working was the the feature of being able to listen to the home team's radio audio. Man, that is a great, fantastic feature that I thought I was so delighted to see that actually technically worked. The amount of delay that ever happened with that was 
generally not there. Sometimes if there was a little bit of delay, it was very slight and not uh, and not a problem. Um, my sense, my review of it is, is that the quality of that varied from team to team. Dallas's in particular got better as this, they figured some things out technically as the season went on, crowd noise and sideline reporters and things like that. Um, but I, it's one of the best features is that you can pick that instead of the national people that they decided to glue to the game. I will confess that I never listened to the local radio guys. Really? Yeah. Well. Oh, because you you probably didn't watch many of the games live anyway. And so once you had to watch it on demand, it was not available yeah. to you. You had to watch the game live to get the home, right. well, home even, audio. Even live, I watched the national broadcast because I'm actually very interested in hearing what other people think about FC Dallas. You know, like what other commentators yeah. and what outside broadcasters, what the perception of the team is. I know what Steve Davis thinks of the team. You know, Steve Davis is a very, very smart man. We talk about, he and I talk about the team all the time. I know what he thinks about the team. Yeah. I don't need to hear, I, I love Steve. I don't need to hear what Steve thinks about SC Dallas. You know, I'm, I'm interested in hearing what Max Bratos and, and apologies to Mr. Davis if he's yeah. listening to this episode. Of the Steve, I love you. You know, my boy, but I don't, I don't need to hear, I'd rather hear Dunny talk about SC Dallas or, or Taylor Twelman, who I think sometimes is not necessarily the, the peak of the creme de la creme, but nonetheless, I want to hear what he thinks about FC Dallas because I I can be fascinated sometimes with perspective, right, and how people will talk about FC Dallas without knowing anything about FC Dallas. You know, you, I'll listen to people talk about how where Alan Velasco's been playing, and I'm like, dude, you haven't watched a single game, have you? It's like he played that way one game, and then he would play back the other place like five straight games, and now this is the first game back in that position. And they'll be like, oh, he's been playing here since mid No, no, he hasn't. <laughs> it's like, you know, often the tell me you don't you don't know a lot about SC Dallas without telling me I know a lot about SC Dallas. And that's that's usually how it is when they'll describe a player. And sometimes you learn something new. Sometimes you learn something, a perspective you didn't see. Sometimes you're like, man, you don't know anything about this team. So that's all part of it for me. Hmm. That's part of my enjoyment of the game is listening to people that don't know the team, talk about the team. Dan, did you listen to the local broadcast? Yeah, because I was – Generally at the stadium. Oh yeah. Okay. Fair play. Yeah. yeah. I I generally listen to the local broadcast. The only times I didn't listen was because there was something going on with the audio and it just was too distracting from the game. But uh, they got a lot of that stuff worked out. And I will say that everyone that's in the Patreon or the Discord that listens to the, the great many of them are all in on the local broadcast all the time and they absolutely love it. They think it's the best thing ever. And I think it's a really amazing feature. It's a phenomenal feature, even if I don't take care of it myself. You know what that is, though, Buzz? I think that's a byproduct of the fact that everybody's used to hearing a local broadcast yeah. for the games and and having a national unrelated crew calling the game was foreign this year. It seemed weird. Yeah, fair. Um, so plus we're blessed with the fact that Steve's really, really good and Owen's yeah. really, really good. So yep. Um, yep. um there you go. All right. Uh, okay. Well, interesting. So overall, I thought the product, I thought the, it was good and interesting. Technically the Apple stuff I thought was good. Uh, my biggest fascination with the whole thing is not how it relates to MLS in any way, shape or form. I, for me, the most fascinating, interesting thing to keep an eye on is how this affects 
other sports that w- that are consumed on television across the world, whether it be college football, the NFL, mm-hmm. NBA. I, I everybody's got eyeballs on this thing to see how well it does or doesn't work. Yeah, because do. the, you know what I'm saying. And, oh yeah. This is one giant guinea pig that MLS is right now for everybody else. Yeah, there's no question. I know a lot of people in this business, you know, and the local landscape is just absolutely crazy right now with what else going on between Cuban Rangers stars and Bally's and what may or may not happen with any of them. I can't, this is not the place to recap all that stuff, but it's crazy. Um, I guarantee you that every league that's, People have asked them about Apple. Apple's been bidding on products, trying to get people to come on board to do it this exact same way. They're trying to get into things worldwide, just like this in other locations. Um, this is just their first guinea pig. You know, it's just the first one, and I'm sure they're going to be highly invested in it. They seem really happy with it in terms of what they're putting out there, publicity-wise. So, you know, the next few years are going to be fascinating. Yeah, and nobody should uh, uh, nobody should miss the fact that the whole announcement of Cuban selling the Mavericks was large in large part in his own words tied to the fact that he doesn't know where all of the media rights values are going for the NBA and he is he, he I think he thinks he's selling at a peak point because when the NBA goes does their next deal it may not be the bigger increase in value that everybody thinks it's going to be and he's talked about that at quite a length so yeah, yeah. um you know and so the resolution to that may be a product of subscription based stuff online like this like what MLS is doing so well don't undersell that that him uh, he and Jerry Jones and the and the Hunts all want gambling, sportsbook gambling here in Texas. Oh, I, for sure. They lost last time, but this is a long term play from all of them, and that's part of what Cuban's doing. It's part of what Jones is doing. It's part of what the Hunts are doing. What they're all, you know, you notice they all have casino sponsors. It's not a, a coincidence. Okay. All right. Well, I think we've done a a a service tonight, boys. Yeah, that was a solid run. That was over an hour. Somehow we managed to prattle on about this stuff way Always, longer than man, we probably time. should. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't know what we're going to talk about next week. Maybe something else will pop up and we can fund it for six, yeah, you know, for an happen. hour. Well, yeah. the draft's going to be around the corner. They got, you know, me, I know me, you don't me, care. Me, 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 something to talk about. You know. me, 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 me. Oh, did you say hey, draft? MLS draft? Well, yeah, way, way to get everybody to tune in, Peter. Nice job selling <laughs> that. Good job. Cross promoing <laughs> next week's podcast. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> Sorry, Buzz. <laughs> Yay. All right. MLS draft. Let's go. Uh, well, you know, between now and then, we have the free agency day. We have the reentry draft. We have, you know, all these MLS shenanigans. Stuff's going to be happening. When are we going to start talking about what the kit's going to look like next year? We talk about it all the time, but it probably will learn something in January, I'm sure. Dan, what are you hearing? You're the kit guy on this thing. Um, the kit itself, not a lot. I can tell you the. The goalkeeper top, I can tell you the training gear, but not the kit. Hmm. I think we've, I think we're falling short on our sources these days. They're just really doing a good job of, of not letting any of that leak. <laughs> there used to be mm-hmm. leaks galore, and now they threaten to fire everybody if it leaks. So, I mean, not really, but you know what I mean. So, yeah, maybe they'll do sure. some teasers. I mean, Dan could probably say what the template is. So, if they give us some fabric teasers, we'll, we'll yeah. maybe we'll throw some stuff together and see where it goes. Third Degree, the podcast is brought to you by Soccer90.com. The holiday season is here. Make sure and get all the gifts you could possibly get for your family, friends, FC Dallas gear, North Texas gear. They got the European stuff, the national team stuff. They got it all. 
DutchSoccer90.com, code third degree at checkout, 20% off, Soccer90.com. Some exclusions may apply. All right. Well, uh, there it is for episode 240. Dan, thank you very much, sir. Always good to talk to you. Likewise. And Buzz, you're awesome, sir. Thanks, man. Be sure and be here next week for the absolutely riveting draft talk, which I know will fascinate everybody. It'll be the best pot of the year. Yahooty! Yeah, thanks, man. And uh, thank you, FC Dallas Curious fan. We will speak to you next week on an incredibly riveting episode of Third Degree, the podcast. How do we fit in a whole month of draft talk? Who knows? Find out next week. Third Degree, the Third Degree Net Podcast. Third Degree. The Third Degree Nap Podcast. Third Degree, the Third Degree Nap Podcast. Third Degree, the Third Degree Nap Podcast.